all your questions answered on breastfeeding and bottle feeding. All thanks to Griffo. (laughs) No, you're not really doing that. So we have the awesome Susie Prout, midwife and lactation nurse, um, who's going to answer all your questions around breastfeeding and bottle feeding. I know that's something that comes up a lot um, and the pressures around it. And especially now living through COVID-19, people are quite desperate to want to know stuff and they don't want to leave their houses or they're trying to find consultation, um, you know, trying to find consultations, but um, nurses like Susie are being swamped. So we've got her on, but let's do all the formalities before we do this. And can we just say this is our very first podcast with Zoom. So hopefully it comes out all right. (laughs) Well, welcome Susie. How are you doing? Hi, yeah, and I'm really excited to be here, really excited to chat, as always, about feeding. Yay! Um, All right, well, let's get into the formalities. First-time parents, an unedited, unfiltered podcast about our journey as first-time parents, sharing all our shitty and glorious moments, um, and massive love to our sponsors this week. Definitely, yeah. We've got uh, Donata sugar-free ice cream. I love that you have to sit there and read the notes that I've made, even though you were eating it last night. I was, yeah. <laughs> got, got my favourite mint, uh, what's it? Mint the mint chop, chop chip. chip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. Now, the awesome thing about Donata um, is that three awesome chicky babes from Perth, Western Australia, so you're supporting local if you're here in Western Australia, um, came up with the idea of having what they call, I guess, like a healthy ice cream, like no added sugar. And can I just tell you, it is amazing like all the flavors double double chalk vanilla mint chip peanut butter um they've also got the two dairy-free and vegan ones espresso chalk fudge salted caramel the kids love it the partners Yum, love it love it yep if you want to get around them make sure you head to donatico.com to find out where your local stockists are should we get into this let's do it all right Susie. hi again <laughs> hi 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 now we actually spoke on um the virtual mothers group this last week um, called Stay Home Mums. If people want to get around that, they can find it on Facebook and Instagram. But you were just blown away with the amount of women that were just so desperate to ask questions, weren't you? Yeah, so um, nowadays with all of this isolating, girls, especially girls with newborns, they, they don't want to go out and have to find like um, a lactation consultant maybe at a pharmacy or have to go to a clinic at a hospital. And now that child health nurses are not having not going to the houses very often at the moment, girls are really stressed. They're like, yeah. we've got these newborn babies, they're eight days old, what do they weigh, what am mm. I doing? And I feel really sorry for them. I feel like it's a really it's hard enough when it's go, when you know, you're not isolating to have yeah. a new baby. Oh, and my now, yeah, yeah it, it, it's that's so true. Like I know for us, like we, we were just speaking to our next door neighbours. They've just had a new little baby boy and we're only speaking to them yesterday. And it's just like I think they're four weeks in and it's just like bringing back so many memories for us because, you know, Memphis is almost eight months now and it was just a crazy time, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Just chatting to the neighbours, I say, oh, you're bringing back so many good and bad memories <laughs> like the sleep-deprived times. And I think, you know, breastfeeding was definitely a struggle for us at the start yeah well I think we spoke about breastfeeding on our podcast I think it was episode 14 so you can go back and hear it from my perspective but Susie what I thought was interesting and I'm sure you know um with all your years of experience as a midwife and a a lactation consultant slash nurse that um the perspective from the guys I think we forget about them sometimes um yeah we get pushed aside (laughs) well I mean because physically a lot of the shit happens to us let's be honest all of it happens to us so but what 
let's go back and talk about our breastfeeding journey from your perspective. Do you want to tell Susie? Yeah, well, I guess for us, uh, as as we had in uh, episode 14, we sort of delve into um, early stages with Memphis. He didn't really latch on very well. So that was a big struggle for you. And I know that you um, you found that, I guess, quite troubling because you felt like you were failing as a mother and then also you weren't sure if he was getting enough milk and he was just relying on the bottle so that was quite a hard time and then we found the breast shield which was the nipple shield yeah the nipple (laughs) shield what did I say the breast shield shield. (laughs) Um, I feel like some mums might need a breast shield with the way that the babies are around this time when he's squeezing my boob But um, that was a big game changer. That helped uh, Memphis get the latch. Uh, in saying that, it was quite a uh, an art to operate that. Hold your baby's head in the right position whilst holding the shield on. But that really did help. So that was great. Um, but it still was, um, you know, a lot of struggle getting him to latch. Um, but I guess uh, when when did he start? I think really, it was maybe it was, six weeks. It was a few weeks yeah. in, and I know you were stressing. And I said, "Look, it will take time. They're a new, you know, new baby. They're gonna take time to learn. Some obviously better than others. They do say the guys are a bit worse than the uh, yeah, girls, they kept, didn't they? They kept yeah. calling him like a fussy, a, 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 a lazy, fussy a fussy boy, a lazy boy. And so that's kind of like what we would say. And then remember, they were saying like, "Oh, if you had a C-section, the baby won't know how to yeah. feed." And we were saying it's a learned behaviour yeah. anyway. That's what I found out and I think that's what I guess I wanted to get out to new mums and mums to be and I'm sure you'd be the same think the same Susie is that it is a learned behavior like not how many percentage of them do you reckon come out and actually know how to breastfeed babies oh if especially as a first-time mum I would say that the vast majority have trouble at the start it's very very rare to just get a baby who knows what they're doing and a mum mum's breast and nipple to be exactly the right way for the baby and the mum to be relaxed enough to let it happen and it's just it just doesn't happen that way it just doesn't and I think that we we like when I was a child I'd never or as a teenager or in my 20s I'd never seen or heard of anyone breastfeeding like like I and I'm sure the the majority of us in Australia we we don't see like aunties and, and all these extended community members breastfeeding our whole life. So we don't see it. And then yeah. suddenly we have a baby and we're like expected to just somehow know yeah. um, exactly what to do. And it's just not out there. It's just not like it was probably, you know, back in the 1600s when everyone was just naked <laughs> yeah. breastfeeding. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, and yeah. like what about I was thinking, you know, um, and, you know, Susie, you would have seen it a lot over your time as well, like, how did you feel as a male watching me? Because, like, there were times in the middle of the night that sometimes it would take, like, 15 to 20 minutes to even get him to latch. Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess it was a little bit stressful for me um, watching you stress and not, you know, succeed. Uh, I guess it's, you know, and the thing is you do feel so bloody helpless that you can't do anything more than to, I guess, back you in and support you and say, you know, you're doing good because I know you get... You did get down a lot, you know, but you got to just be persistent. You got to keep at it. Don't be harsh on yourself. So I think for me, it was hard watching you um, not succeeding and being so sort of, um, you know, down on yourself. But at the same time, I guess then there was the the whole, like I said, they do rely on you so much. And then I didn't get much time with you because at, at that age, they are on the boob so often, you know. Um, mm. So yeah, I guess there's uh, a couple of things that were a bit upsetting, but you know, I think the main thing was to just keep being persistent, support your partner, 
and eventually they will get it. Just just be patient. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like looking at, at all the, the dads that I've helped as well over the years, they when when your, your partner's pregnant and you think of them breastfeeding, often you think you're going to feel a bit weird about that, like as, you know, because those breasts are like sexual. sexual. <laughs> they're, they're, they're mine. <laughs> they're not yours. They're not, like, <laughs> they're not you know. It's some next minute your your baby is taking over your wife or your partner's yeah. you know life and, and everything. So a lot of dads will say to me in pregnancy they felt a bit like oh am I going to feel like it's weird? But then when the baby's out and then and the the baby's feeding at the mum's breast, that weirdness totally goes away. It's not about that anymore. It's more about like protecting. You want to protect that baby and protect your partner Mm. um, in the breastfeeding relationship. And then you feel completely, as you say, completely helpless because you just want to to help, but it's really not that much in the really early days that you can do other than being a support person away from feeding. But in terms of feeding, it's... It's really tough because you want to fix it. Males want to fix things. Mm. Always. Yeah. It, yeah. It's funny, Susie, when you say the sexual thing. That was one of the, uh, like, ask Griffo. I did not want to feed when, you know, yeah. like when I first found out I was pregnant, I was, wasn't I? I was like, no, I don't think I breastfeed. I'm kind of grossed out by it because I saw my boobs as, I, I guess, like, because you're a boob guy. You're not a bum guy. You're a boob guy. So I saw always my boobs <laughs> as being sexual. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and didn't. But then as soon as Memphis was born via C-section and, you know, they whisked, whisked him away to um, neonates a few hours later, which was just torture, and he was there for three days, I got in my head about all the stuff that I'd heard in society before. Make sure you have that skin to skin straight away. Make sure you mm. you don't let them give him a bottle down there. Make sure you don't let him give a dummy down here because then he'll want the bottle and he won't want your boob. And wasn't I? I just spiraled yeah. from there. And so I was going down there every three hours with Griffo by my side, like the best support person I could ever ask for we literally you know he could have been sleeping you know to to help me through the day or to go down there through the day but no every three hours he was down there just so that I could go do skin to skin because I couldn't do you know and and I was and pumping I was up pumping wasn't I like a lot of pressure yeah yeah yeah. but but I was I was so in my head because I was like I need to have this but do you know what I didn't have all of that with Memphis and I did what I could but he's now a fantastic little boob guy you know he 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 loves the boob and he's a great feeder so i guess my message is as much as we hear all this shit in society which you would know susie so many women would come to you that half of it is lies isn't it yeah yeah so there's the the breastfeeding myths out there um I don't even know how they come about half the time, but they they stick and um, women will come to me and say, my mum couldn't breastfeed, so I'm not going to be able to breastfeed or my boobs are too small, I'm not going to have enough milk or my nipples don't, you know, stick out enough so yeah. the baby's not going to be able to get on. And it just goes, or, yeah, as you say, like if the bub's unwell and has to go to the nursery and then they're going to have to have some feeding through um, by the, the midwives. Yeah automatically they get a spiral and they think it's not going to happen. And I think um, we need to remember that um, we we're made, this is what our bodies are made to do. We're this, we're made to feed to, to birth and to feed our baby and our mm. baby is made to try and get that milk out. So there are troubles along the way. Um, and look, it doesn't work for everyone. I'm the first to say I'm one of the most realistic 
lactation consultants out there. Like <laughs> I, I'm more than happy to go to a mum's house, and if she's if that baby is hungry and is is lost weight and she can't fit, I'm more than happy to sit there and give a bottle of formula while we work out what to do. You know, I yeah. just think we've got to. You got to be a realist. Yeah. Yeah. Let's look at mental health first, and um, yeah. make sure that's okay as well. But um, yeah, all the all the myths and, and everything out there, it just it really stre- it really stresses out new mums and pregnant mums. Oh my god, that was like the biggest thing for me, and I think that's oh, like obviously you're sleep deprived as it is, and then even when we went home, like I remember we were writing out the times and everything, and like I said, you would be there in the night, like helping me try and get him to latch and everything, and I was petrified of him getting addicted to the bottle. And every time yeah. Griffo would say, "Should we just get a bottle?" Wouldn't I? I would be like, "No, I need to try and get him to feed." And then it like that must have been really hard for you. Yeah, it is because like I said, you you were getting so caught up in it all and being so down on yourself but you know kudos to you because you were persistent and you did keep trying and trying even though you know you did have a few tantrums you still you still (laughs) got back on that horse you got (laughs) you you got back on that horse and I think also you know your hormones are still a bit up in the air after just having a baby so that adds to that anxiety um that pressure that stress then also Dr. Google Mm. getting in your head yeah um So, you know, I, I think we've said it before, Google is good for some things, but I think you can sort of go down the rabbit hole and you, you do spiral. So um, you feel like you really do fail as, yeah. a, as a parent. Yeah. But, um, no, I think you've done pretty well after all of that. Thanks. It actually is making me a little bit emotional remembering it, <laughs> to be honest, and thinking yeah. about these women and, you know, support partners um, who, like, are going to be going through this in those crazy, like, the first six weeks was just crazy. And so they're going to be going through that without having, because I remember it was the, our lactation nurse that came from the hospital and it was our first day that we were home. And do you remember I was like, I was a bit embarrassed to ask for help, I think. And I was mm. too scared to say that I couldn't work out this whole breastfeeding thing. And then you said, they called me and you said, just get them here today. If she's got an appointment, she'd had a cancellation. And she came through the door and that was the day that I just balled my eyes out yeah yeah and I I mean like they're there like you know as you can explain Susie like the you guys are there for help you know you want to help people that are struggling and even if you you're doing all right I think it's still no harm to get you guys Mm. on board to just guide you and I might you might give them a a trick or two that might help when they do struggle or if you really are struggling I'm sure you'll be able to coach them into you know the right techniques or hints and tips to to be a good feeder yeah yeah, I think I think that if lots of girls, even when they're in the hospital, they don't want to ring the bell because they don't want to annoy us, you know. But actually, like, I, I many times in the hospital, I've been like, I've seen my clients, and then and then I'm like, you know, wandering around helping the midwives with like birth stuff and things like that because I'm thinking no other mum wants me. But when as soon as I go into those rooms, they want me there. Yeah, but they just too nervous to. Yeah, ask and, and, yeah, push it. Say, I want somebody to come to my house. I'm not feeling yeah. happy about it. I want someone to come over. Because if we – that first eight weeks, six to eight weeks is, like, is, is really tough. Mm. And a lot of girls will say to me that they regret not getting the help or not um, figuring out a few little things just to get a bit further on to the six weeks. Because once you get to six to eight weeks, your chances of then breastfeeding for longer is, is really high. Yeah. Um, and lots of girls will say, I just, 
I just didn't have the support early on. Um, and whether they then ended up not breastfeeding or, or, or um, feeding, at least then they wouldn't feel this regret that they always feel because they didn't get the support. They were too scared to ask. They didn't know who to ask. didn't know what to do. Um, so, yeah, they, I think you've just got to ask. You've just got to be constantly um, like, no, I need more help. I need more help. Don't be scared. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, and that's a big thing as I think for me, having to ask for help has been one of the hardest things to learn (laughs) as a new mum to, cause I think like you put all this pressure on yourself that you have to be this perfect parent. You have to be perfect at breastfeeding. You had to have the perfect birth. You have to, do you know what I mean? Like have the perfect sleeping baby and this and that. And like, cause in your head, you just think, I can't ask, you know, and and at the moment, I guess it is hard to ask for help because really you're not supposed to have visitors and all that kind of stuff over and you're supposed to be self-isolating. So it must be extra tough. Yeah, it must be really hard. It must be really hard. And I do worry about the implications. I know we need to isolate. I'm not saying we don't need to. Yeah. I worry about the implications of this year to new mums and how that's going to fall through into 2021 with with their mental health. I do mm. worry about that. Not yeah. that I mean, we have to isolate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a concern. And, and yeah. oh, definitely. I think there's massive concerns around that. I think, you know, mental health is like, you know, already the number one killer in Australia for suicide and stuff. So um, I think, yeah. you know, with postnatal, like I, I spoke about it in this podcast, like baby blues and that. And there were days that if the way that I felt I could understand that that would be ongoing postnatal depression or anxiety. Now, I'm lucky that I had a lot of tools. I don't think my hormones affected me and took me down that road for a long period. And I had the right support around me to be able to, do you know what I mean, move through those days. Whereas I know that some women, it's months, weeks, and even years. So please reach out if that is one of you that is really struggling because like I said, we all we all here could understand how hard it is to ask for help sometimes, but please make sure you do. Um, even like sending us a message and letting us know, you know, join our Facebook group, talk to someone like Susie, get some, you know, help with your GP. Like there's so many options out there. Don't be afraid and don't, there's no shame in Absolutely that. not, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah. should we get some of these questions answered from all our amazing people? Yeah. Okay, so Susie, there was one that came through from Sarah. Um, she wants to know, can she, um, like, what is the whole thing around pump and dumping? She's got a six-week-old and she wants um, to have a few drinks. Okay, so this is, again, one of the huge myths in breastfeeding and yeah. alcohol. Everyone goes down all these rabbit holes of what to do. Firstly, pumping and dumping is pointless because the alcohol that possibly could go through to your milk is the same as when you're drinking and your alcohol goes into your blood and then goes out of your blood. Like it's fluid, it goes in. You don't have to pump your blood out because, you know, you've you've been drinking. Isn't that bizarre? Did you know that? No. (laughs) Yeah, and so most people think you've got to get rid of it, but it just flows in the same as as the blood. So if you are to pump and dump, um, there's not going to be less less, um, alcohol in there. It's just totally pointless. So that's the first thing. So pumping and dumping, forget about. But then the other thing to remember is that when you drink, say you drink one glass of wine, your blood alcohol is probably 0.02 or something like that. Um, If that is the, that 0.02 is the same amount in your blood that is going to be in your milk. 
So your baby has your baby doesn't have a 0.02% blood alcohol level. Your baby is drinking milk with possibly maybe 0.02% mm-hmm. of alcohol, which is totally negligible. So then testing a baby's blood would be negligible. You most probably wouldn't be able to even test it. Like it would be such a such tiny, tiny amount. And so for you to be able to drink so much that it would affect your baby, you would be like dead. You wouldn't be able to get the, the, the alcohol would be so little going into your baby's in, from the milk is just it's tiny but there's a few things around it the the government will never put out a thing to say it's safe to, to drink yeah. and breastfeed firstly because it's a safety thing yeah you can't be the government doesn't want you to be drunk and and feeding a baby because that's the thing that's the thing that i get nervous about is if you're having a big night out and you're coming home and thinking it's okay to breastfeed and then you pass out with your baby like you don't that's the type of thing that you don't want to happen. So we that's that is mainly the reason why you um you know we say we you shouldn't breastfeed when drunk. The other thing is yes, there's it is negligible little amount that's going through. But because there is some alcohol there, we're never gonna be able to say it, it's hundred percent safe. Mm. Um but all the studies have shown that um well, the limited studies of sorry that that it's fine, but you can never do a, a proper study on it because you can never say, "Look, I'm going to take a hundred mums. You drink every day and you feed your baby. Yeah, take another hundred mums and you don't, and then we'll look at what the baby does yeah. in a year's time. Yeah. It's it's never going to happen. Yeah. yeah, it's just safer so, to say don't drink. And I think you, I think they say, don't they, Susie, that if you're right to drive, you're right to breastfeed. Yeah, exactly. If you're if you're having a drink, if you're uh, you know if you're having one drink and and you're feeding at kind of around the same time that alcohol's not even going to go go into the baby's milk by then and then by the time you feed in three hours time that alcohol will have been gone anyway because it usually takes about an hour and 20 hour and 30 minutes for one drink to be circulated out um and so the other thing you can do is you can just go onto the australian breastfeeding association website and download the feed safe app and it's free and it's a government app, and you just chuck in when you when you drink, and it'll it'll pump out a time of when you're fine to to drink. So that's that's cool for girls who want to know for sure, like yeah. absolutely yeah. for sure that there's no alcohol in there. Um, but what what also makes me nervous is if girls are are stopping breastfeeding early, like they're thinking, oh, it's November. I know that in December I want to have like some drinks. I want to at Christmas, whatever. So I'm going to stop breastfeeding now. Um, I think that's really sad because I think that if we look at it in, with some common sense and we look at the fact that we can have one drink and and um, feed our baby or we can just look at the time and just push it out a bit or get a whole lot of express breast milk in the freezer yeah. and just give your baby a bottle of your milk. Yeah, you know, a couple of t- the couple of times you're going to be drinking, so it's hard because I can't say yes or no because I can't say to everyone go and go and drink. No, and exactly. Like, the board would come to me and say, "Oh, what are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, we've also got to look at it with take all the information with a pinch of salt, you know. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, I didn't know about that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, yeah. it makes sense the whole pump and dump thing, but once again, it's one of those myths. So, yeah, and yeah. as you explained it with um, us and our blood level, yeah. um, it's just a matter of time for mm. it to get out your system. Yeah, and I think yeah. too, I yeah. used to empty my boobs only because of um, 
you know, they were getting too full or whatever. And if I was feeding him a bottle, I was trying, yeah. you know, keeping my milk yeah. coming in. Is that a thing to do? So you should do that to keep your yeah. supply up. That's, I yeah, mean, like. Especially uh, that's, in the first six weeks. Yeah. Yeah, you want to, you don't want to be um, having a whole night off um, pumping or breastfeeding, yeah. especially those first six weeks, because then your body's going to be like, oh, you've stopped breastfeeding. I'll just make a little bit less milk for yeah. you. So, yeah. Because your body, your brain is just working it looks at how empty your breasts are at at a, um, a certain time so if your breasts are full of milk then it's not sending any messages to your brain to say make more milk mm. you yeah. can't make more milk on a full breast yeah so every time your breasts are emptied messages go to your brain to say make more make more so the more you empty them the more milk you make it's kind of as easy as that okay yeah. awesome all right yeah. what question do you have now oh um, this is a good one how to Antenatal express colostrum from Sal. Sal piece. Ah, yeah. So lots of girls ask this, and first you don't have to do it. Like it's not something you have to do, but some girls want to have some colostrum, which is that first bit of milk, that sticky honey-like bit of milk before your proper milk comes in. They want to have that ready to go. So when you've had your baby, you've got it in the freezer already, so you don't have. You know, like if you if your baby's losing weight on day three or you, yeah. your breasts are too sore, you can have some milk ready to go. So you have to get to 37 weeks before you do that because there's a slight risk that it can send you into premature labour by expressing, mm-hmm. like possibly, maybe. So you get to 37 weeks, you have to express with your hand and then you get little syringes from the pharmacy or from your midwife, the one mil syringes, as long as you keep them sterile and clean. And you just syringe out as you're expressing and the drips come. You might have to get your partner to help you. You just express out the milk. And when you when you fill up a one mil syringe, then you just close the lid, pop it in the freezer, put your name on it. And then when you go to hospital, you can have that and take that with you. Um, but it doesn't, you don't have to do it. Some girls get stressed about doing it, but you don't have to. It's just something. Yeah, you know, I kind of wish that I did that maybe because I had Memphis with low blood sugars. But. Yeah, you I know, guess it's one of those things of uh, knowing yeah. there's so many things that you're going to try and remember and, oh, in hindsight yeah. and that. But, I mean, you, yeah. you, yours came in pretty good. Like, oh, at was the start, good. it was like was each get... drop was so, yeah. you know, vital and important. But, yeah, like I remember the hand oh. uh, massaging of the breast and, like, the just first... doing one little drop. Yeah. And you think that one tube is only one mil and you're like, Jesus. <laughs> I think when I got 10 mils one night to take down to Memphis, we were just like, we have got liquid gold, so many amounts. Champion. And the, the lady was so impressed with us. <laughs> um, all right, we've got lots of questions to get through. Um, so Michaela says, how much should you be eating to keep up a good milk supply? Uh, another myth, just eat normally. Um, you don't have to eat anything extra for, for breastfeeding. Um, you do need to remember to drink heaps of water because your breast milk is, is liquid, so yep. you need to drink two litres of water at least a day. Food-wise, whatever you want, don't worry about it. If you're not eating healthily, your breast milk is still as good as the person next door that's eating better than you. So Okay, cool. Yeah. All good, yeah. The next one we got here from Zara. Uh, she's got a three-month-old uh, that pukes a lot um, after breastfeeding in the morning and afternoon, but not at night. So, yeah. Is that Is normal? Is that normal? Yeah, morning because you've got the, you've got huge amounts of milk in the morning, so your baby could just take too much in and then just spew it. Yeah. Um, interesting that she said in the afternoon, though, because your milk wouldn't be as much. In the night, if your baby is just doing sleepy sucking just to go back to sleep, they're just probably not taking that much to then mm-hmm. spew. 
um, if your baby is happy, if your baby's weight is fine, it's just going to be one of those annoying things. Yeah. That you just, we get yeah, a, we get a puker. Yeah, we got yeah. a puker. A, ha- a happy yeah. chucker, they call him. <laughs> Yeah, happy uh, chucker. Yeah, and some days worse than others. Like some days he won't spew at all, and then other days you literally you're changing your clothes as well as his clothes and cleaning up every oh. puke on the floor. Um, yeah. Okay, so Bree says, is it possible for ex- exclusively breastfed bub to sleep through the night? My twelve week old wakes every three hours. Okay. It's possible, and some babies will sleep through the night, and some babies won't. And it's no rhyme or reason. Some girls get really lucky with a good sleeper in those newborn days. Yeah. And some babies just don't. And I know your. I know Memphis was quite good at, in the early. He days was good sleep, in the he? early days, um, and then it was we hit the three to four months, and I think it was that horrible leap that's like thirty-five days long, and then he yeah. went into the sleep regression. So it's no wonder that at three to four months that women go crazy. Um, yeah. So yeah, he was a yeah. nightmare. But before that, he was amazing. He'd do like seven till three um and then now we're lucky he's doing around about 11 hours a night now yeah he wakes occasionally oh, awesome. but um yeah. yeah so we dropped the feed in the yeah. middle of the night and that was with the help of donna um yeah. from bub to sleep yeah. our sleep specialist but basically he was only using me as a human dummy which uh, there is definitely another question in there i can't remember the lady's name but she talked about the human dummy and you know Comfort. her baby's yeah. using her as a human dummy how to stop that so what would you suggest so if if you know your baby's had a full feed on both sides and then they, you know, they sleep for 45 minutes and they wake up and they just want to um, suck again and you know that they're full, then you can use a, a dummy, a, an actual dummy if you want to. Um, you can, you know, give the baby to the partner as much as it's hard for the partner as well. If, you, if your baby can smell your milk and knows that your milk is right there, it's going to be even harder. Oh, yeah. um, They're vultures. And some, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can, you can do it. Um, lots of girls just find they're so exhausted in the night, they just put their baby back on the food because they're like, you know. You're surviving. It's just so hard. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got the people, the lovely Donna, who, you know, changes worlds. And, um, and I wish that I had all the knowledge that she does about sleep. But yes. I often go to page and like right let me look what she does because um yeah well she suggested for us for him to stop being the human dummy was that was basically in the first few days she said look if you because we went back to him feeding like every few hours in the middle of the night but like I said he was just using me for a dummy um and you can listen to that podcast um you know it was a couple of weeks ago but she basically got Griffo to go in and help in the night time when Memphis was about to use me so if you do have that a partner that will get up just to help you for the first few days to break that cycle. But at the end of the day, if that's how you're surviving and if that's how you need to survive right now, there I guess there's no right or wrong. But I know that, yeah, sleep yeah. specialists and um, Donna does talk about that on one of the episodes. So I hope that answers that question. Yeah. And we've got another one there. Um, what are some strategies to deal with breast refusal? Oh, okay. It's okay. a tough one, but give us a couple of uh, so, tips, I guess. I guess breast refusal, does that mean yeah. like fussy babies, like when they're, you know, they're throwing their heads around? Is that, you that's know? That's how I read do, that. Yeah, that's kind of what how I read it too. Yeah, so like a, like a really young baby who's breast refusing. Yeah, that was Memphis. Um, <laughs> overtiredness, and I would look at milk supply. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I would look at a fast letdown. So if your milk starts spraying at them and they know that as soon as they get on that breast, the milk's going to be too much for them. So look at those three things, milk supply, um, letdown and overtiredness. In the older baby, I'd be looking at bottle preference. So the reason that they are not wanting you is because they want the bottle. And that's what around eight, nine months is when I get my biggest <laughs> my biggest um, breast refusals because they old enough now to be like, oh, bottle's easy. I get all the milk as soon as I want it. It's consistent, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm going through that at the moment. I think Memphis is weaning off a little bit. The morning feeds, he's really good. Yeah. Um, like when he gets up in the morning, he does like a proper feed. But in the day, he'll start to cry, won't he? He'll, or he'll like throw himself off and go, eh, yeah. eh, and I've got to just keep changing boobs. So, And he's yeah. almost yeah. eight months, so that's pretty normal. And with solids introducing as well. Yeah, that's pretty normal. So with my first son, um, he weaned himself at nine months and I'd be I'd gone back to work so he was having bottles as well and then breasts and stuff. Yeah. And I like couldn't believe it. I was like, why can I not get my baby? I'm a lactation consultant. <laughs> why is he weaning at nine months? Yeah. Oh, 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 you went a little um, bit fuzzy there, Susie. Um, oh, the internet has been so amazing. Uh, and it's uh, just... Uh, Oh, she's going, oh, oh, ah, ah. Are you there? No, Susie, we're losing you. Well, we did have another question here whilst we try and bring her back in. Can you hear me now? You're coming in and out, Susie. Okay. Oh, no, that's better. Yeah, no, I can't see anything changing here. It looks good by internet. No, you're fine now. So Mm -hmm. let's bang into this. Elle wants to know how do you... um, How do you wean off nipple shields? Okay, so best thing is to just keep trying and trying and trying and try and put the nipple shield on, get the baby sucking, and when that letdown's happening, when all that milk is coming through, pull the nipple shield off and get baby back on. Rip it off like a Band-Aid. You want the milk going before, you know, before you try. You don't want them to be trying on a breast that hasn't got milk in it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And yeah. We, we kind of, with our nipple shield, I would go like every feed, I would still try and do one of the boobs without the nipple shield and I would try to move between them both and I found that sometimes I would get him and sometimes I wouldn't and I guess it's just persistence. Persistence. Yeah. 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 Um, so oh, I just had a question there ready to go. Um, the bloody technology so uh this is a beautiful name butterfly wants to know eight week old with a bad latch slightly tongue-tied i just cannot get her mouth to open wide what would you suggest okay so for this one you need to see an in-person lactation consultant i would say because i need to or me someone needs to see that that tongue tie is completely sorted Mm -hmm. and that the tongue can really like reach right out and that the breast is going right at the back of the mouth so that's a tricky one, but if you can, see if someone will come to your house, you know, mm. see, see if you can find someone in your area. And a lot of lactations will, consultants will still code, um, but that's something that we just need to, like, really get in there and do it, how, you know, it'll help you with that. Okay, and just so, quickly with a latch, because it, without a tongue tie, because there would be probably a lot of, that was the biggest struggle that we had, where would you suggest finding some great information on trying to get a baby to latch or, you know, to have a proper latch or can you explain it over a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So firstly, you can go to like two free things at government stuff, the Raising Children website in Australia. Just type in breastfeeding or attachment and you get heaps of videos.
videos uh -huh. and then the Australian Breastfeeding Association as well, heaps of um, content on there. But the main thing you need to remember is to keep your baby really, really close, hold them really tight to you, um, don't let them fall away and um, just make sure, it's really, it is tough on a podcast, isn't it, but just make sure that <laughs> their little chins are right into the, the breast and their um <laughs> I'm doing the mouth. <laughs> wait for a big latch, um, but look, watch videos because you can watch videos of good latches on, on the Raising Children website or other websites. That's going to be your best bet. Just watch heaps of videos and see yeah. what babies do. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I've got yeah. one here. It's from uh, Car Carla. Yeah. Kayla. Um, she wants to know... Uh, about breastfeeding after breast reduction surgery and I guess and or people that have implants uh, is it any easier is it harder that sort of thing okay so unfortunately with breast reduction surgery often the nipple is moved around a bit so that means that the ducts are cut in surgery so mm. the breast milk doesn't really flow through to the nipple very well when you've had your breast made smaller which really sucks but um yeah, for those mums, um, doesn't always work. But with um, with that breast enhancement and breast enlargement, these days the surgeons are amazing and they stay away from the nipple and stay away from those milk ducts. And I don't have much problem with those girls. So those those girls will be fine to um, breastfeed breastfeed usually, but it's the, the other way around that there's problems. Okay. I just thought of one. It's a bit... Yeah. Go, Obviously, your breast get random. <laughs> your breasts get quite hard and solid. Uh, like Heidi's got natural breasts, and then when they're full of milk, they feel like fake boobs. <laughs> Do people with fake boobs get even harder boobs? <laughs> I told you he was a boob guy, Susie. They they get like they do get absolutely huge, and they will say to me. Uh, this isn't going to be like this forever, is it? Like my boobs will go back to what they were. And I'm like, yes, yes, they will. <laughs> well, I remember on like day four when it came in, I was just like, wow, my tits felt ginormous. And occasionally sometimes they got like that overnight in the early days, like when he started sleeping through. But now they don't get that hard, you know. Um, nah, but, yeah, yeah, I was just like, whoa, this is what it would feel like to have implants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I just think, like, how, how would I sleep on my stomach if I had implants? Because when I had those big booze at the milk, I'm yeah. like, I couldn't even lie anywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, so true. Um, so this is, a, this is a good one, I thought, because I felt the same. Amy said, this may sound odd, but how do you get over a fear of breastfeeding and how to help milk come in? So I had a fear of breastfeeding as well because I said I thought it was quite sexual and, you know, and then yeah. obviously now probably you're hearing all these negative things about breastfeeding. No wonder women get scared. Yeah. I think if you are feeling like that in pregnancy, to actually get a lactation consultant in pregnancy. So we do lots of pregnancy oh, okay. um, little courses or little consults and then you can learn all about it before you've actually had your baby. Yeah. And then when you have your baby... Just take it literally one week at a time because I, I would never say to a girl who's struggling at three days, oh, well, you should be breastfeeding for a year because they'll be they'll just be like, Freak I'm not doing that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like just just do it. If, you, if you're at day three, let's just get until your milk is coming and see that we do that. And then it's like let's just get to six weeks. We can do six weeks and once you've done that, you know, then you can – 
see what you want to do. And most girls will then go, oh, well, I'll just try a bit longer. I'll, I'll do it a bit longer. And then, you know, they're off. So it's yeah. just looking at those tiny things and also getting like, if you don't want to breastfeed in the end and you don't like it or it's not working, just express and give your baby that in a bottle if you want to do that. Or if you can't do that and it's, it's upsetting you, do the formula. It's okay. Mm. It's, uh, you know, it is, it is not something to be ashamed about. It is not something to um, feel your look down on. If, it, you've just got to try and it's not, it doesn't always work. It just doesn't. Yeah, yeah. and so, I, I think yeah. for us we took it one feed at a time and I think that's really good advice that you give yeah. because, like, yeah. I remember those nights I remember a girlfriend telling me, oh, it's like you're in the trenches. I was feeding, then I was expressing afterwards to make sure I was getting enough milk, that there was backup for him when Griffo could do the bottle and that kind of thing. And I remember thinking, fuck, I can't do this for six months. No yeah. fucking way. I can't even do this for three months. Like those, I was literally thinking that in the middle of the night. This is like every swear word you could think of. And, you know, he'd be trying to help me, like, you know, getting the, um, getting it ready and stuff like that. And in my head, I'd just be thinking, this is fucked. Like Memphis wasn't latching this. So I think that is such good advice. Take one feed, you know, at a time, one week at a time. Don't look too far into it because when you are in the trenches in the first few weeks, it is really hard to see past that um but it does get easier i'm a testament to that like a thousand percent it was so hard at the start and i didn't really love it because it was so hard um i loved the connection that i've always had with memphis i think that's super special and you know and but like i said i totally understand and i don't want other people to feel pressure um but i also love susie that you said that people can do courses beforehand and consults beforehand because no one told me that and we all talk about the birth how we should be prepared for the birth and we all want birth plans when you know now i think they should be birth wishes um because nothing really goes to plan and you should go in for an open mind but i know like for me that we should be talking more about how hard well not how hard but that there will be challenges with breastfeeding afterwards and be prepared for that because i think we just prepare ourselves for the birth don't we yeah yeah i i i'll say it again i think it's just being kind to yourself you do need obviously um be persistent but just yeah, I think you do get caught up in it and you're always mm. sort of digging yourself a bigger hole, you know. Yeah. You're making it worse for yourself if you can try and, you know, just pat each other on the back, support one another, you will get through it. And if if it doesn't work out your plan, that's okay, you know. You got to yeah. take second best sometimes in yeah. life and that's that's okay. There's nothing mm. wrong with it, so. What did you feel about like that's as the right. as the dad, you know, and you were those moments that you could feed Memphis with the bottle? How did you feel like about that connection because I think some of us women, we don't really think about that because we're so focused on just giving our babies the boob because we're, you know, we, we want that connection. We know that that's good for our babies and blah, 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 that we forget about the guys sometimes. How did you feel when you were bottle feeding him? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, that just doesn't really happen anymore. Oh, he's, he's independent. He loves feeding now, himself. So. But, you know, when you can hold your, your kid in your arm and feed him, um, it's a pretty special moment. And I remember my brother-in-law saying, you know, wait till you see your wife or your partner um, feeding, you know, your son or your daughter for the first time. It really is special. And it's it's kind of like the way I see it is like uh, birds, uh, like the mother will eat the food <laughs> and then like spit the food into the little chicks, you know. And it's it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, it's a, sort of, you know, that's life right in front of you. That's living. That's that's pretty cool, you know. It's yeah. pretty impressive. And obviously I can't feed them through a yeah. bird, but feeding with a bottle was the next best thing and I, I loved it. So when that sort of stopped happening – 
it was a bit sad. And um, then we sort of was so happy that he was feeding really well on the boob and we forgot the days of him only taking the bottle. We forgot to give him a bottle for uh, a few months. So then uh, when we would take him to mum and dad's house or uh, so if, if your parents were looking after Christmas, him, he wouldn't uh, take the bottle at all. So we could only go away for, you know, two hours. So we, we stuffed up big time. So I'd highly recommend to at least <laughs> feed him a bottle at least once a day or maybe once every t- two days. Mm. But because um, it was hard, and then I think it was we were on holidays. It was just after Christmas, and we I was like, I want to have a few wines tonight and let loose. Like yeah. you know, I am yeah. ready. I have you know, bloody over Christmas. It was a nightmare, and then. I remember I just you were outside or something and then I shoved the bottle in his mouth and then I sat over the top of him making like movements of how to suck the bottle and then he just put his little hands around the bottle and he just wanted to feed himself. And from then oh, on that was all it was. That's all yeah. it was. He was yeah. he didn't like how everyone was shoving the the bottle in his face. He's a little independent. He was a little independent 4 month old or 4 and a half month old. He wanted to feed himself. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, make sure you do that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's sweet. I always say, I just say, Griffin, like, get get on the bottle early um, because if you at four months of age just suddenly give your baby a bottle for the first time, they'll be like, what is this? Yeah. 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 Um, So this is an interesting one from Danny. Three uh, three and a half month old, totally refuses, have – have been a lactation consultant, GPS, tongue-tie guy, no solution, any ideas. So the baby's totally refusing and she's seen all those people and there's no solution. What Could could you see any other solutions? So, yeah, so the baby's got a breast aversion, which when the, when the baby goes to the breast, um, it probably feels uneasy, a bit panicky, and then the baby won't go on. Might have had some hard times earlier on with feeding and... And these babies, it's it's not that common, but they get this breast aversion. Unfortunately, as a realist, I would say um, our chances are not great to get them back on, um, but to continue with expressing. So you always have that option if you want to and your breasts are still making milk. Um, the You can have heaps of time just with your baby, skin to skin, heaps of time in trying, but... Um, also to just be not hard on yourself, be kind to yourself because this isn't going to be easy for you um, and there's not there's not a simple solution, unfortunately. Yeah. I wish there was. Uh, do you remember yeah. the breast milk queen who I follow on Instagram? She said to me in the early days, she goes, just stay in bed, don't shower. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I oh, yeah. remember I just I didn't shower for like three or four days and I stayed in bed with Memphis because <laughs> trying to help him latch and trying to get him to, you yeah. know, to really get into the boob and we didn't like I didn't get out of bed those days and everyone was bringing me in food. It did help. Yeah, so. it definitely helped. So yeah. maybe maybe yeah. you could try that because yeah, I think well, I think right now is the time that we could all have that time. Do you know what I mean? Because I think you're trying to yeah. you're trying to prove that you can handle it and you're like, oh, I can get up and go for a walk or I can, you know, back when you know before Corona, um, you know, I can have a shower and do this and do that. Like do what they do, you know, in the olden days. Like they literally just were with the baby 24-7 and you didn't have put that pressure exactly. on yourself that you've got to bounce back. I hate that. That's actually really cool because, yeah, you can. You can literally just sit in bed with your baby now. You yeah. can't go anywhere anyway. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Yeah, don't even worry about showering for the next two months. <laughs> <laughs> uh, got um, another one here from Caitlin. How come one boob uh, gets much more milk than the other? 
Okay, so everyone has a boob that's better producing than the other. Um, most people, it's only a little bit, but some girls have huge differences. And so the, the what, and we can, we don't really know why. What we can do though is make sure that you don't favor the good boob because the more you favor the good boob, mm. the less the, the other boob's going to make milk. So always feed first on the bad boob. Gotcha. Always make sure you express more on the bad boob because you want your brain to be getting signals because the boobs work separately from each other. They don't work together. They right. separate. So if you're favoring one, the other one, little one's going to get left behind. So yeah. support the other one constantly more always and it will slowly make more milk. Okay. Perfect. What about um, yeah. uh, Paige? How can I heal cracked nipples? I have been feeding through the pain for three weeks. That sounds oh, okay. So... Firstly, if they're not, if they're still cracked and it's been three weeks, it's going to be attachment problems probably, like you, the way that baby's yeah. attached. So you probably want to see a lactation consultant to fix the actual attachment. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you may actually need to do like 24 hours of no breastfeeding and just expressing or use a nipple shield yep. for those those few days just to just to, to get them reset, you know. Yeah, and there's no failure yeah. in using a nipple shield. I know for me the the no. thing the thing that I was worried about was that was that I didn't have that. But I've got a girlfriend Zoe. She used a nipple shield the whole time with her babies, and you know I've also yeah. got another friend who hated breastfeeding and she only did it for four weeks and then she was like. You know, I didn't want to feed. It was easy to give him the bottle. So it really does yeah. come down to your own choice. And a fed baby is a fed baby, isn't it? Like it's at, yeah. at the end of Absolutely. the at the end of the day, we know that breast milk is great for the babies, but also they just need food. Yeah, absolutely. I always think that like I don't like the saying breast is best and I don't like the saying yeah. food is best. I like like informed and supported is best. Yeah, that's great. That either or, just informed and supported is best and then that's and that's the way it is. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll get a couple yeah. more questions and then we'll have to wrap up our first Zoom podcast. We've got Terry here. <laughs> Terry, um, she says, my baby suffers from reflux and I'd love to know the best breastfeeding positions or tips to help with. Okay. Best position is when baby's upright because you want baby to be swallowing the milk and it going straight down into the tummy. So you want to make sure that however you're feeding, baby's head is above their tummy. Mm-hmm. So in, in gravity ways. So if they're sitting up on your um, on your lap and you're feeding them upright like that, that's a really good way. If you're feeding them lying down on the bedside lying or um, any way that they're kind of a bit dipped, it's just going to be make it harder and harder. Um, but the other thing is you want to make sure that with a reflux baby, they're really unhappy sometimes and you could be overfeeding, putting them back on, putting them back on, and it's just making the situation worse. So yeah. upright feeding and just look at, the times and stuff that you're feeding as well. Um, that's so – I've actually got a photo from when I saw my lactation nurse at the hospital and she made me take a photo because Memphis had, like we said, he has reflux. I think it's – is it silent reflux when they're happy chuckers? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, no, no, yeah, it's normal reflux, but it's normal like a reflux. happy chucker. Okay, yeah. right. And so, he, yeah. and so she taught me that and having him sit up and so that's pretty much how I fed him for ages. So I have a photo. Ah. So um, if this – if she wants – to message me i'll send it to her so <laughs> or i'll just post up on instagram let's be honest i overshare everywhere anyway um we've got one last question so this one is from veronic 
Um, she said she's due with her first baby in four weeks and keen to give breastfeeding a go. I also like the idea of my husband being able to feed our baby because I think it's a special experience um, as well as giving him the opportunity. Is this achievable? I'm thinking of expressing as well to give him th- that opportunity. Should I buy a breast pump now or hold off until I have baby and see what happens? Because she lives in rural WA. Okay. Breast pumps are really expensive, like, you know, like the good electric ones. They're mm. quite a few hundred dollars. So I always say don't buy a breast pump first because when you're in hospital, you can use the breast pump there yep. and then often you can hire one um, yep. afterwards or you, it'll take, you know, no time at all after you discharge from the hospital to go past baby bunting and buy one. But a lot of girls will buy them. Their breastfeeding doesn't work out the way they planned or they just didn't even need to express. And then they've got this huge you know, absolutely huge, expensive thing that they've got that they didn't actually need. So yeah. I would say wait, but it is possible for your your partner to do a bottle, you know, like a dream feed at night. Oh, we've lost Every night it. at 10 o'clock or you can express and I can give that um, then. So totally possible. Both is possible. Awesome. Um, you were cutting out there, Susie. So if we do lose oh. you, a massive love and thank you so much. We'll wrap things up now. I was going to say, speaking of breast pumps, um, Milkmate did just send me a catcher, um, which I was yeah. originally using a hucker because I hadn't heard of Milkmate, but Milkmate are Australian owned that if you haven't heard of these, do Google them because I always find, especially if you've got lots of milk, it's good to catch on the down. other side. Yeah. Like for me, I always use it in yeah. the morning, but they sent me a spare one because they saw that I kept getting a blocked milk duct. And so they sent me that and oh, as no. well as a um, massager, which is kind of like you can use a vibrator, by the way, too, guys, if you ever get <laughs> blocked milk ducts. Um, and Susie would, would say, yes, you should do that. Yeah. <laughs> they come in handy because you don't really, you're not really got time to use it on yourself <laughs> so you got to get the use out of it but i've got one to give away with a massager so um if you jump on our facebook group first time parents um and if you do need a milkmate like i said i've just been starting to use it and it's awesome um i do have a spare one to give away they did send me two so i just thought well whilst we're talking about breastfeeding and stuff i'll, I'll send one out so jump in our group first time parents um and you could win yourself a little milkmate but thank you so much Susie. um if people want to find you where can they find you on instagram um yes they can go to instagram um at Susie proud lactation um and that's kind of where i do i do most of my education and you can get support through there as well um and yeah lots of lives lots of chats and just helping you girls in this really weird and really hard time that we're that we're going through but i've loved to chat i've had a really a really great time as always i could talk to the cows come home about feeding but, uh, <laughs> same you know i love it and like i think i'm such an expert now i've had one baby and it's like calm down mate leave it to the expert <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, Susie. Massive love to our sponsors, um, Donata and Co. If you do want to get around their ice cream, and you should try Have you tried it, Susie? No, no, because I've been in Indonesia and I've just kind of gotten <gasps> back. I, I need to get into it. You do. Yeah, Check it out. Um, if you want to get find out you know where you can purchase it jump online to nada.com um for their stockists but also at pretty much every supermarket they have it 
So, yeah, it's definitely getting more and more oh, out there. So, so good. Get and, around it. And like we said, these girls came up with it themselves. It's amazing. I want to say it's really healthy, but, you know, it's not if you smash like three buckets like I do. Um, <laughs> but get around them, Donata. Uh, Donata. Oh, God, now I've lost my train Donata of thought. Donata Co. Thank you. Um, all right. I'm going to try the mint one. Yes. yes. Do it. That's my favourite flavour anyway, so yeah. I should try it. You'll love it. Um, all right, everyone. We'll take care um, and make sure you join our Facebook group, First Time Parents. Lots of love. See you later. Bye.